Welcome to First Unitarian Society of Minneapolis, the birthplace of Congregational Humanism. We carry on that tradition of free thought today, dedicated to promoting a free search for truth, meaning, and justice. Our web address is firstunitarian.org. I'm David Breeden, Senior Minister. Welcome. First, a reading entitled Gazelle, America the Beautiful by Alicia Ostricker. Do you remember our earnestness and sincerity in the first grade when we learned to sing America the Beautiful along with the Star Spangled Banner and say the Pledge of Allegiance to America? We put our hands over our first grade heart we felt proud to be citizens of America. I said one nation invisible until corrected. Maybe I was right about America. School days, school days, dear old golden rule days. When we learned how to behave in America, how to dress, how to smoke, how to despise our parents who didn't understand us or America. Only later learning the banner and the beautiful live on opposite sides of the street in America, only later discovering the nation is divisible by money, by power, by color, by gender, by sex, America. We comprehend it now, this land is two lands, one triumphant bully, one still hopeful America, imagining amber waves of grain blowing in the wind, purple mountains, and no homeless in America. Sometimes I still put my hand tenderly on my heart, somehow or other, still carried away by America. Oh, my friends, these days, oh, this week, oh, our hearts carried away by America, carried on a tide of anxiety that at times this week has included nauseous optimism. These past four years, these past 400 years, the past month, the past four days have brought horror, frustration, the audacity of hope, determination, the exercise of our most basic rights as citizens for those who are allowed to exercise the right. Anger, fear, work, relief, and finally, the long release of our held breath. Many of us were already feeling ragged and jangly, running on worried sleep and fear of the very air we breathe all the destabilization of our national life under authoritarianism, multiplied by the very real danger and losses of COVID, multiplied by this brutal election season and fear of the outcome. None of this is good for our human bodies and psyches. And so here we are together as this congregation has been on Sunday mornings for 139 years. In these rapidly changing times, FUS continues to strive for nimbleness, to respond to the needs of our congregation and to the world. 
for all that I said in our call to assembly that we record on Friday and air on Sunday, today I am with you live. We're trying out something new here at FUS so that we're able to respond to the breaking news of yesterday. How I wish we were together in our building on Mount Curve. There would be plenty of hooting and hollering going on, I'm sure. And so, and yet, here we are, virtually gathered, in a month when our theme is healing, to ask, what's next? How do we find rest, healing, and recommitment to the values that bind us together? First, rest. Now that the election is decided, there is still a huge amount of work to do, and I'll get to that in a minute. What, what is so clear to me right now is that we must rest from these intense labors and anxieties of the past weeks and months so that we can be refreshed for the work that is yet to do. Poet and activist Audre Lorde said, caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. Finding ways to rest and renew ourselves through celebration, through nature, through connection with other peoples and other people and other animals, through creativity is essential to our humanity. Rest is an integral part of healing. Some of us, of course, never get to fully rest. Those of our community who are marginalized, who fear for their lives every time they walk out the door, if they have a door, rarely, if ever, get to fully rest. If I have the space and capacity to rest, I must consider this a blessing and the result of the system working for me. We may individually need rest. What needs healing is the whole system. This election, as a referendum on systemic racism in America, damns all of us. That almost half of the electorate was willing to support the so-called leadership of a proven racist and bigot who panders to white nationalists, tells us what we must recognize about systemic racism in America. It should be neither shocking nor surprising that our nation, still so bound by its original sins of genocide and chattel slavery, continues to be unwilling to reckon with the carnage, unable to atone, unmoved to address our history of misery and murder. Some 70 million of our fellow countrymen assert that nothing matters as much as maintaining white supremacy culture. And the rest of us, in fact, all of us, are hurt by this lack of repudiation of this scourge. This points to a rottenness at the core of America, and I wonder what hope we have of really healing it. I hear quite a bit about finding unity, including from our president-elect. And as a Unitarian Universalist, I want to believe it. I believe in the worth and dignity of every person and that we don't write anyone off. 
And yet, I am also moved by the words of author Austin Channing Brown, who says, I am wholly uninterested in a conversation about unity that is not rooted in the unrelenting pursuit of racial justice. I would add that it must also be rooted in the unrelenting pursuit of gender justice, especially including safety for our LGBTQ plus siblings. In this moment, we must take time to celebrate the election of the first woman to the White House, the first woman, uh, one of African and Asian descent to be elected vice president. There is glass all around as this ceiling has been shattered. It only took 231 years of American electoral history to achieve this feat, and it is indeed cause for celebration and healing. In 1841, just 40 years before FUS was founded, Unitarian minister Theodore Parker formulated his religious views into a sermon entitled The Transient and Permanent in Christianity. He referred to the transient as Christianity's theological and scriptural dogma, which was given to change over time, and the permanent in Christianity as its moral truths. I was reminded of Parker this week as we waited for election results and how what happens in our life matters. Of course, it makes a, a practical and material difference who holds the executive branch of our government. This affects all of our lives. But this is transient. No matter which party is in charge, our work as progressive congregational humanists is constant, if not quite permanent. Our work is to hold lawmakers accountable, to uphold the values of justice, compassion, and peace, to demand better care for our planet, to cultivate democracy over authoritarianism, to always, always hold the widest space for human rights. As individuals and as a congregation, let us continue to put our hands to Theodore Parker's arc of history. Put our hands alongside so many others who have gone before us and so many others with us today, both within and beyond our congregation. Let us all put our hands to that arc of history and bend it toward justice. In Alicia Ostricker's poem, America the Beautiful, she remembers how we learned to sing the song and say the pledge and how she learned as she grew older that we are so divided as a nation. This past week, we have seen that divide in stark relief. And let us never assume that we are blameless in our pursuit of human rights. We have healing work to do in our own lives to suss out where we are vulnerable to division by money, by power, by color, by gender, by sex. The work of healing is both inner and outer work. And so we recommit to racial justice, to gender justice, to housing justice, climate justice, voting justice, compassion, 
to peace, to unity, to community, to each other, and to our ideals. After this joyful celebration, we rest. And then let us be about healing and commitment to the values that bind us together. May it be so. Blessed be and amen. Thanks for listening. You can find much more about humanism and what's happening at First Unitarian Society in Minneapolis by visiting our website at firstunitarian.org.